So uh, this uh, Jewish guy goes into business and he has some success and he wants to uh, show his mother that he made it. His mother is uh, you know, from the old country. So uh, he sends her something very uh, lavish, something very classy, um, champagne and caviar. And uh, he doesn't get a response, so he calls her and he says, uh, Ma, how did you like uh, the gift? She says, it was very thoughtful. He says, yeah, but it was, it was classy, right? She says, it was very thoughtful. He says, but it was really, you know, five star, yeah, world class. She says, I got to tell you, I, I don't know, you know, what, uh, what fancy means, but the ginger ale was sour and the poppy seeds tasted like herring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, so this week, uh, Yasef is discovered alive as the ruler of Mitzrayim, and he sends uh, word back to his father, and he sends uh, gifts to his father. I'm on in, uh, this week's Pasha, Pasha's Vayigash. Perek Mem Hei, Pasuk Chaf Gimel, 4523. To his father, Shalach Kezais, he sent like this. Sarach made him ten donkeys, Noisim carrying Mituv Mitzrayim the best of Egypt, or the goodness of Egypt. What's the goodness of Egypt? You know, <laughs> I don't know how much you guys are connoisseurs of fine, uh, you know, American culture, but there's a very, um, there's a very uh, gourmet drink called Milwaukee's Best. <laughs> that's like... I'm joking because it's like this, this this beer that you get for like 20 cents a can or <laughs> anyways but it's called Milwaukee's best so what's Milwaukee's best it's a beer right okay so what's Egypt's best Tuv Mitzrayim what's Egypt's best so what did he send his father I don't know what that means so um Rashi tells me Matsinu Talmud I find in the Talmud in the Gemara in the Gemara Megillah Shishalich Le'yayin Yashan he sent him old wine. He sent him old wine. Okay. What's that, this wine? Why do you send him wine? So that I could kind of figure out. Why? Because from last week's Pasha, it says, the Pasha tells me that his brothers at the meal where they met Yosef, even though they didn't, they didn't yet know it was Yosef, they drank wine. And Rashi tells me because they were, they had abstained from wine because they were, they became, uh, they took a Nazarite vow. But then when they met him, they drank wine. So you could, and, and that Yasef himself had taken the same vow. He also abstained from wine. So maybe you could assume that just like Yasef and his brothers, they didn't drink wine because of the pain that they experienced being separated from each other. So Yankiv, their father, did a similar thing. So he also didn't drink wine all this time. So Yasef is sending wine and he's saying, Ta, it's time to celebrate, pop the champagne. We can drink wine again. We're reunited. We're about to be reunited. So that, the wine part, I could figure it out. But why Yain <coughs> Old wine. How do I know it was old wine? 
That's the question. Why does it have to be old? So there are different explanations for this. But I want to give you one particular approach to the question. And, and before we go further, I want to ask another question, which is sort of like a more of a philosophical question, which is, can you be nostalgic for the future? We think of nostalgia as being, you know, reminiscing about the past or even idealizing or romanticizing the past. Can you be nostalgic for the future? It's, it's, a, it's a question to think about. So I'll tell you a story that I remember. It sounds like one of these stories that, um, well, frankly, it sounds like a made-up story. Um, it happens to be I know the people it happened to, and I remember, I remember when it happened. So I can tell you it's not a made-up story. Um, the story took place in 2001, while I was still in Kailal, in Crown Heights. And I remember very clearly it happening. And uh, the guy that it happened to was the guy who, I don't know if he still owns, but he owned a car service, I think yeah, Union Car Service, yeah, free, free commercial for Union Car Service, okay. Um, a guy named Ronnie, from Georgia, Georgian Jew, not Georgia like Atlanta, Georgia, but Georgian Jew, Grozina, and uh, his wife, Asti. <coughs> I think both of them came over to America as teenagers. They came from the, the former Soviet Union. At that time, it was still the Soviet Union when they came over. And um, they, they, perhaps they still live in Queens, but I remember at that time, they lived in Queens. At any rate, the story is, in 1991, Ronnie went for dollars to the Lubavitcher at 770, Sunday dollars. Okay, 1991, the Rebbe was still giving dollars until, until 1992, until the Rebbe's stroke. So we're talking about, and, and, and the interaction's on video. I mean, you, you could, every, everything here is documented. Ronnie went to um, the Rebbe in 1991. At that point, he and Asti had been married for seven years. They were married in 1984. And they had not had children. So he went to the Rebbe and he asked for a bracha for children. Um, and the Rebbe told him, Bekarov Mamash, very soon. So he's very, uh, he was ecstatic because very soon from the Rebbe meant very soon. Um, so he was assuming it was going to happen immediately. But his wife wasn't pregnant that week, so he went the next Sunday. He said, the Rebbe says, because of Mamash, you know, but that week. So it didn't happen that week, so he went the next Sunday. And um, the Rebbe told him, I'm just reading because I have, I, I want to make sure this is exactly accurate, and the Rebbe, the Rebbe gave him this time two dollars, and told him again, Bekar of Mamash, very soon. And so he went home, and again, he was ready for it to, to happen right away. Then he went back another time, the Rebbe gave him, again, the Rebbe gave him two dollars, and this time said, Besuras Tavis, good news, may there be good news. 
And uh, then, then he went back a fourth time. And the Rebbe gave Ronnie a dollar. He gave him a second dollar said, this is for your wife. And he gave him another dollar. And he said, for the children that will be born. Okay. So after this fourth time, he decides, I have to show that I really have faith that this is a real bracha. So he had heard a story about a chassid who once got a bracha from a rebbe, I don't know which rebbe, but a rebbe gave him a bracha for children, and to show that he had such faith, he went out and he bought a stroller. Okay, so Ryan decides, I'm going to do the same thing, I'm going to buy a stroller. Goes to the place where they sell the stroller, and they had a double stroller. He says, good, I'll take the double stroller, because the rebbe said, the children who will be born, children, plural, so double stroller. So they bought the double stroller, and they brought it home, and they're waiting. She's going to become pregnant. A week goes by, a month goes by, a year goes by. <coughs> now years go by. Now 1994, Gimel Thomas goes by, okay? That is passing. We're talking about now three years after that. And then another year, and then another year, and another year. He went to the Rebbe in 1991. They were already married seven years. 2001, 10 years after he got the bracha, Esti gave birth, meaning 17 years after they were first married, she gave birth to twins. I remember very clearly when, when, they, when they had twins. And he said, oh, the Rebbe gave us $2 each time. The Rebbe said, children. Oh, children doesn't just mean one after the other. Children, right, right in, in one shot. And then they used the double stroller. So like I'm saying, this sounds like one of these made-up stories. I remember, I, I'm telling you the names of the people. I'm sure now, once it's posted online, they're going to get plenty of calls. And uh, you can use their car service if they're still in the car service. I don't know. <laughs> At any rate, but the point is, I'm, my point is not to tell you a miracle story, because there are thousands of stories of miracles from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and that's, that's not my, my point here. My point is not what the Rebbe did in the story. My point is what this guy did. What did he do? He decided to actualize his hope in a tangible way. I, I one time I saw a letter from the Rebbe about bitochin. And the Rebbe's writing to someone and says, your major problem right now is the lack of bitochin. You need to have more bitochin. And in case you don't know what is bitochin, I'm going to tell you right now. And this letter to me is gold. This has been to me a guiding light in my life, where the Rebbe in one, sen in one sentence explains what is bitochin. Such a tangible, practical, accessible, potent way. The Rebbe says like this. You know that feeling of utter relief that you're going to have when your situation is finally resolved? Bitochin merely means having that same feeling now. And we know Bitochin is a powerful tool. That as you think positively, you manifest positive results. So here was somebody who said, I'm going to have children. My wife's having children. And he bought that stroller. He bought that stroller to show... I'm already there. I already, you know, somebody writes you a check and you're holding the check. Oh, now I was paid. What do you mean you were paid? They could cancel the check. The check could bounce. But there's a certain feeling. Of, I have the check in hand. Oh, I can breathe. I can relax. I was paid. I have the bracha from the tzaddik. 
I'm paid. That's it. It's coming. And he bought that stroller as a sign that it was real to him. Okay? So this, this now, now we'll answer our question. What was the signal or the symbol or the, the message of Yosef sending Yankiv not just wine, but old wine? The old wine shows, hey, I've had this with me the whole time. From the day we were separated, I knew there would come a reunion. And now it's time. Now it's time. You know, this week is, is Hey Davis, which is the celebration of the victory in, in court of the library of Agudas Chassidei Chabad, the, uh, the library that the previous Rebbe amassed over generations, and what was to be the, the, the fate of these, uh, these holy books. And uh, we know that the Rebbe was very, very, very concerned about the outcome. It wasn't just about the books, it was, it was much deeper than that. And that there was a time of great crisis, I would say, in Lubavitch during that, the time of the proceedings of the, the, the court case, especially over a period of a year before the verdict came out. And uh, I was just, I was at a Fabrengen last year, and I was hearing somebody mentioned that there was a Bacher. What, who was he? No, just a Bacher, just a guy, a, a, a kid, a young man. But for a year, what was he doing? Every time he had a little bit of pocket change, he would buy a, buy a bottle of Smirnoff. He'd buy some. Now he did two commercials. <laughs> he'd buy some, and he would put it away in a, in a storage closet and not touch it, because he knew as soon as the verdict comes out, there's going to be a fabrengen. So for a year, he amassed a closet full of, of vodka. By the way, there's a joke. They say, why was Tavis a bigger miracle than Hanukkah? Because Hanukkah, enough oil for one day lasted eight days. Hey, Tavis, enough vodka for a year lasted a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> at any rate, that's the point of being nostalgic for the future. Having a souvenir, you know, we all have souvenirs to remind us of a time in the past. There's also the idea of a souvenir to remind you of a time that's coming in the future. So Yasef had that bottle of wine with him the whole time. He says, Ta, we're going to have our reunion. It didn't happen yet, but it's going to happen. And that's a, a teaching for all of us, both on an individual level and also on the macro, on the global level. Good times are coming. And we have to have faith. We have to have trust that those good times are coming. And if you can already invest in a tangible souvenir to remind you of the good times that are yet to come, to show how secure and how much trust you have in Hashem and how he's going to take care of you, then that itself brings us to those good times.